bowels of One Half Radio Plaza at Life Media Studios. Hello, folks. Welcome back to Real Country Radio. Congratulations, Detroit. You can be thoroughly ashamed of yourself. The homicide tool has reached a nice even 750. Details on the latest leveling from Police Sergeant... Coming up now, we're going to start off the set with... ...in the morning. The Hitless Tigers could use this guy's talents. Mount Clemens police have a 36-year-old man in custody. Seems he got home about 5 o'clock this morning from an all-night spree. That ticked off the little lady who unleashed a verbal barrage at the man. That apparently the last straw for him. He picked up his genuine Willie Mays power eyes lightning strike Louisville slugger baseball bat. Proceeded to hit a thousand on the woman's head. Pull you up a chair and listen to this. Welcome back to Sidetracked, powered by Dirty Hooker Diesel. We're here in the DHD studios, and man, what a fun week we have had. It uh, goes back to Thursday evening uh, last week with West Michigan Pullers out in Hastings and their program there, and, and numbers were a little bit light, let's be honest, they were, and uh, you know, it's, with a midweek kind of event, that's kind of how it goes, but uh, we Rolled on into uh, Saturday night uh, with in Plain City, Ohio, Central Ohio Tractor Pulling Association, Points Hook, and Firepunk with their street shootout. And on the way down there, my phone started blowing up with the news of Larry Kester's passing. And I cannot say I ever met with Larry one-on-one. I'm certainly quite well aware of his story and his his life arc, and I'm very appreciative of all of the work that he had done with, this is hard, all the work that he had done with the Make-A-Wish kids, but beyond that, uh, for me and for sidetracked and for what this property is, his forthrightness about his anxiety, his depression, his loss for motivation, whatever you want to call it, in the wake of the accident that made him who he is, that is a much more resonant, much more important piece for us, for me, of what Larry Kester is. He he surmounted and he bested that part of himself. He beat the the anguish the depression the 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 the, the self-loathing the survivor's guilt all of those things and excelled to become the human being that we all cherish we all respect we all honor it was that guy who could move beyond those things, that challenge, 
and be the better man that uh, really, if, if you're looking for something in the wake of his passing, beyond the fact that a great man is gone, it's that for, for, for me and for us here. It was that piece of it, that, uh, that challenge. He surmounted it, he beat it, and he learned to live with, because I don't believe anybody ever really gets past that sort of anxiety, that, that sort of pain, but he learned to live with it and turn it into something magnificent. And I don't know who said it. I, I don't recall, but over the weekend it was said, you know, if there's a better way to go, I don't know how it is. I don't know what it is. He was at one of the super nationals and doing what he loved. He had a fantastic evening, finished top three, funny as ever in his post-poll commentary with Butch Krieger, another another legend in our sport. And, uh, wow, Larry's going to be missed, but, man, what an emotional start to the weekend. So I, I head down to Plain City, Ohio, and uh, was going. I've been down there before for OSATPA Sunday show. I had not been down there for the Saturday night preview part, where where they run Central Ohio Tra- Tractor Pulling Association and Fire Punk Shootout. I was asked to come down there and do that this year, and man, what a good night that was! I I was so honored to be there. And thank you to everybody with Central Ohio Tractor Pulling Association and the Miami Valley, or Miami Valley, excuse me, Miami Valley Steam Thresher Association um, down there at Plain City, and and the guys at Firepunk, the Miller family. Uh, you guys are awesome. And Lynn joined me on mic for their shootout class, and thank you, Lynn, for doing that. And uh, Levon. Larson, all, all you guys, man, you, you guys are, you guys are the deal, real deal. And it's, it's cool to work with a family so committed to their industry and their sport and the, the COTPA guys. Uh, it was nice to, to work with them and get to do V8 hot rods, not here in thumb because I love that class and it's nice to do it somewhere else. But even better than that was to get to do naturally aspirated super stocks and uh, to be beyond Mike for Kent Butler and, and Bill Downing and to finally meet Tim Beiser. Awesome. So glad I got to meet you. And, uh, you know, I, I've, I've been a fan of yours. I've seen and posted videos of you guys. Um, Patterson, you too, for years. So to, to get to meet you guys. And uh, and cover that event for you guys. That was awesome. Late Pro, um, also as well. Altered Farm Stock. A beautiful evening. Hotter than hell because that's the way it's been. 
in the, the Midwest with with all the weather we've had. Uh, it finally broke um, midday, late mid afternoon Sunday, and uh, I'll get to that piece in in a second. But it was very very cool to work with you guys Saturday night. I appreciate it. Um, I appreciate the, the being invited to be down there and to witness it and to photograph it and um, I maybe didn't give my hundred and ten percent either through the mic or through the lens because I had to divorce my attentions uh, across both platforms and I I hate that part but it, it goes with but so cool to be down there and. Uh, and do that deal. Uh, Sunday, thank you to Ben and Karen Holdhouse. I, I thank you so much. You got. I'm there because of you two, and I really, really appreciate your your hospitality. Your putting up with me for the evening and uh, inviting me to come down and be that guy on mic. Thank you so much to both of you. You guys have a first-rate organization. You run it well. I was very happy to be up early in the morning on Sunday. Um, ben, I know you had to get out there and get that track in place. And truth be told, if had I known how, quite how early you were going to get out there, I would have pitched in to make that happen. But um, I didn't. I, well, I didn't. I didn't know you were already up. I, I, I did wake up to the sound of you getting up, and you were gone. Um, I grabbed my camera. I went out into the show and tried to capture some sunrise magic hour stuff uh, with with some of what uh, they have there on the grounds and 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 participate in that aspect of it. Um, for what they've got coming next year, oh goodness. Looking forward to that. I, I'm not gonna. That that'll be for others to tell you what's coming in 2020 to the Miami Valley Steam Threshers reunion show in Plain City. But wow, you're gonna want to be there because of all the cool stuff that's gonna be there. But we launched into uh, uh, the USATPA day. Some cool stuff. Uh, Noah Obert stuck in my mind. Running that uh, Super 99 Oliver, the Detroit diesel powered. I've seen plenty of two-stroke Detroit powered tractors go pulling. And they get to a point where they they, they break over... They break over the power band and they fall on their face and just bleh, done. No, Noah's man, that thing hangs on. What an awesome running tractor! It just just kept digging and wanted more. So impressed, um, very very impressed with 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 how that happened uh, for him. Um, some of the other OSATPA guys, great to see all of them. Uh, Jeff Poppelman, we missed you, dude. I know you were busy. I know you, I get it. That's cool. 
but man, did we miss you being there. Um, Gary Hummel was in attendance, Gary running his cock shut and serving time on the greater tractor and whatnot. And, and get what you can't ask for a better dude than Gary, um, huge friend of mine and, uh, of this show and believes in what we do here and really, really cool. I I'm, I'm so excited to see him tomorrow night. Um, th- that'll be the next thing we get into is, is where we're going but uh, we're going to see Gary again tomorrow, and God, I can't. I can't wait. You you guys are awesome, all that you do. Um, so with that, uh, you know, we got done with OSATPA, and unfortunately, the same frontal system that wreaked some havoc here in Michigan finally got down to Ohio, Central Ohio, and caused the last class of the day to be rained out uh, at Plain City. That opened the door for the, me to be able to attend the Region 2 hook at Adrian, Michigan. Um, it's, it, it was on the way home, more or less, not, not too far away. 25 miles, 25 minutes out of the way to get over there to Adrian with a seven o'clock start. And and with what went down at Plain City, I, I was able to get there and I had, I, I hadn't planned on even being there. I had memories that Adrian was earlier in the day and uh, the, the, this was off the table, but it, it was possible for me to get there. And, and indeed I did so, and was able to hook up with, uh, Dusty Price was there, um, with his mini rod, uh, Andy Gerbaugh came in, but even beyond them, I, I gotta tell you, I have always felt like a, an outsider you know, a bit of a wolf, lone wolf. Probably because of this podcast, because of what I might say, because of what I might criticize, because of what I might launch on. I've always felt like a bit of an outsider. And to walk into Adrian on Sunday evening was a very refreshing thing. Both NTPA officials, uh, competitors in their respective classes, fans, what have you. The reception that I received there, (laughs) made me feel really good. Thank you. Thank you. I hadn't even cleared the fence and got my wristband locked down on my wrist. And, you know, Rob Trowbridge from his roll cage as he's going by, hey, you made it. Um, it, it meant a lot. It really meant a lot to me to see so many 
smiling faces, and feel so welcomed. I'm not saying I'm not gonna, I'm gonna I'm not saying I'm gonna soften my approach with sidetracking what this is, because if there's bullshit, I'm gonna call you out on it. But man, what a reception. And I haven't had that. I don't I don't know that I've had that really ever on that level. And um Yeah. It, it meant a hell of a lot to me. Thank you to everybody there that night that I got the chance to interact with. Um, Tim Fortin, um, gosh, I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna forget somebody, and it's gonna kill me. And this is I hate this. Um. Super Farm guys, you know, Rob Gervin, the Capozo team, of course. Uh, Rob Trowbridge, the Smiths, the Webbs, Dusty Price. Anthony Finkbeiner with NTPA that night. And Tom Hartzell. Tom. Tom was, Tom came to Drew's funeral. He was there. And, uh, he, Tom's, Tom's our, Tom is our hero. Tom's the guy that we learned to, we, we learned about this thing from him. And as an announcer, um, I suppose on some level I'm in competition with everybody else who does this deal, but Tom is not one of those guys. Drew certainly certainly paid homage to Tom and his style. I didn't. My style's different. My style has its own place. But the educational aspects and the informational piece that Tom always puts into his programs definitely inform how I approach doing my shows. And um, it was very nice to have a private moment with Tom at Adrian. He knew. And, uh, anyhow, the anthem singer at that event, uh, she couldn't have been much more than five or six years old singing along with a, a pre-recorded version, but awesome. That was, that was so cool to see. I really, really was, a. you know, I've heard a lot of versions doing this over 19 years. I've heard a lot of people do the anthem. That was awesome to get to uh, to get to see that little girl do that, and there'll be uh, that photograph of her doing so uh, posted on Sidetracked probably tomorrow morning. As I do this now, that's probably when it'll come up. 
along with whatever else we were able to get with Adrian. The, the, the crap part was the weather just did not want to cooperate. We got the Superstock Combo class in, and Rob Trowbridge won it as a limited pro. It's a class, there isn't many places where they do this equalization thing, but Michigan's won, and they, they, they tried to equalize limited pro, light pro, super farm, pro stock, super stock, what have you, beer, and and make that deal work. And he was able to uh, best... He was able to best all comers, and happy for him, man. He he made the leap from Super Farm this year. Uh, Brock Oman was another who did so, and we got to witness his test pulls at Big Rapids a couple of weeks ago, and and, and Omens were there at Adrian. You didn't have the measure of Trowbridge's, but that's okay. So it was cool to see this evolution for these guys. Uh, Mother Nature did intervene. We got through probably better than half of the mini rod class before it started getting too greasy and and slippery, and they had to stick a fork in it. And uh, Super Farm, they really wanted to do a to to run the class, the Earl Kelly Memorial uh, for Dave Dave Whalen, who used to partner with Earl on back in the pro stock days and whatnot, and and they tried. They really tried. They worked their ass off to get that cla- to get that track ready and, and try to run the class. But unfortunately, um, after I think it was seven tractors, they had to stick a fork in it out of, out of whatever 12 or 13 they had entered. Unfortunate. Bad deal. Um, so no points there. That sucks. But, you know, hey... <laughs> I, I got to tell you, the drive home, <laughs> that weather sucked. Uh, I, it came out of nowhere and wound up with, you know, traversing all of the Metro Detroit with the wipers on full speed and a bunch of suburbanites who can't fucking handle it. Um, people who are a bigger hazard being on the freeway with their four ways blaring away in the left lane. Yeah. Lots of road rage to get home, but that's what it is. So we're here in the dirty hooker diesel studios. Thanks to the Burkhardt family for their backing of this program. We couldn't do this without DHD and all that they are, uh, all that they do. They're your final authority on all things Duramax based out of Harbor Beach, Michigan. Go online, www.dirtyhookerdiesel.com, and see what they've got to offer you. Lots of solutions for all the problems that you can experience with a Duramax truck. They have it. And beyond that, they're not afraid to work on anything else. Cummins, Power Stroke, doesn't matter what it is. They've got the technology, they've got the experience, they've got the wherewithal to make your vehicle run the best that it can. And even beyond that, they can even work on your work vehicle, that that HD truck, that uh, that dump truck, 
that landscaper body, that fire truck even, they can make it happen. And if you're not based in the thumb of Michigan and you still want the same sort of service, you can go into northern Michigan to prime diesel and automotive Walton Tracy Sheeman. They have the same capabilities that Dirty Hooker Diesel does way up in the north country, and they can make your vehicle shine. Without you guys making this deal happen, I, I, we wouldn't be here. Thank you so much to them. And if you, if you, if you need something done with these guys, please, by all means, let them know. Sidetracked sent you. We're going to take a brief break. We'll be back here in a moment. Dirty Hooker Diesel is your full-size diesel performance specialist in Harbor Beach. We're Michigan's final authority on anything performance and replacement related. Specializing in diesel performance parts and accessories for Duramax, Cummins, and Powerstroke diesel engines. From custom-built transmissions and engines to CP3 pumps and injectors. Check them out at DirtyHookerDiesel.com. Hi, this is Tony Burkett, owner of Dirty Hooker Diesel. We are a full-service repair facility that can handle any task from stock to modified, big or small. So give us a call, 989-479-0444. Dirty Hooker Diesel, the final authority on everything performance and replacement. All right, welcome back to Sidetracked, powered by DHD. Where you're going to find me in the next couple of days. So by the time you, most of you hear this, um, it'll be Thursday morning and whatever. But uh, tomorrow I will be on the road to Shelby County Fair at Sydney, Ohio. And uh, two tracks down there. Central Ohio Tractor Pulling Association on track one, Ohio State Antique Tractor Pulling Association on track two. Good program, dual tracks, and for the first time in, I don't know how long, no rain in the forecast. Can you believe it? We probably will duck all of the raindrops for that event there uh friday night i'm gonna stay down in ohio and friday evening i will be photographing at fort recovery ohio i love ambassador park i look forward to being on the hillside and trying to bring you some of the images as i would see it um for ntpa's program there at Fort Recovery, and then I have to hustle it back home. And then Saturday evening, afternoon, evening, slash, I'll be at Mount Pleasant, Michigan, with West Michigan Pullers and also all all that they've got going on there at West Michigan, Wade Alone and, and, the, and the, the gang has a heck of a deal going there at uh, the Isabella County Fair. I hope I'm saying that. I hope that I'm... Saying that right, my youngest daughter would kill me if I got it wrong. Isabella County Fair, by namesake, of course. Why would she care? Yeah, Isabella County Fair for that event. So that would be awesome. Uh, Sunday, I'm going to hopefully get out and photograph something a little bit offbeat for what we do, but still something cool as shit. The 
offshore powerboat races are in St. Clair. The, um, I don't know what they even call their tour, but, um, it is part of the, the, the U S tour for the offshore powerboats to race. Um, they'll be in St. Clair. They'll be here all weekend. And I want to get out there Sunday and try to bring you a little bit of that. And then on Monday, back to West Michigan Pullers. We're over in St. John's, just north of Lansing, the state capital of Michigan, and making it happen. And into next week, oh, my. Uh, we'll, we'll get you that podcast and and bring you where we're going to be and all the stuff that we're going to be into. But next. Gotta crack a beer. Because I posted on our, um, our, my page on Friday night how pissed off I was about a certain scenario. It's rant time. Welcome back to Sidetrack for the rant. It's back. All right. It doesn't matter what group triggered this for me. It doesn't matter what the specifics of this particular scenario is because this happens across I don't know how many different pulling organizations on an annual basis, and it pisses me off. And I'm gonna, let, let me start by saying this. I'm not coming to you from this. From, from from the perspective of a puller, I used to defend you guys. I used to. I used to try to see things by the through the prism of if it was my money on the line. Well, it's not my money on the line. Well, actually, yeah, it kind of is. And, and and that piece will become evident in a minute. It's not about seeing things as a competitor, as a puller anymore. We talk so much about growing this sport, about expanding pulling, growing pulling, whatever the hell it is. Okay? And this scenario happens in multiple pulling organizations nationwide on an annual basis. And that is, I don't care how it happens. I don't care if it's the pullers deciding or the board deciding. This still happens where a rule change takes place and you wind up with several competitors, maybe even all competitors, pissed off about it. And they'd say, we're going we're gonna to stay home. We're going to go somewhere else. At a base... I understand your argument. However, if it's a class vote for it to happen and you lost, take your lumps and fucking deal with it. That's that's part one. Part two is, as a potential promoter and a de facto announcer, when something like this happens... And you guys decide, hey, I'm going to stay home. Screw you. I'm not pulling with you. Whatever. 
I'll let dust collect on my hood before I get the tractor truck, what it, whatever it is, out of out of my barn. If it was a membership decision, if it was a board decision, I don't give a shit. If they're paying back eight places, ten places, there's money on the fucking table, and you decide, hey, I, you know, I gotta, I gotta, I gotta. I got, I got to have to change this. I got to change that. I've got to make my vehicle competitive and I just can't do it. I can't afford it. So I'm going to park it. And then you leave all that payback money on the table. When all you had to do was show up, pay your $20 hook fee. And maybe you would have took home. You might even take it home first place. Who the hell knows? Because nobody else stepped up to the rule change that you fucking voted for. You what? What principle do you got to stand on at that point? You make everybody's life difficult now. The money's still getting paid out. Put that toward your changes that you bitched about. Show up. Run your junk. The way I see it, there's been there's a, there is a class, there is a particular scenario right now in this state where that can happen and I could come out there with a pile of shit and make enough money just by showing up to gather the funds to make the changes you don't like. And as a promoter, as an announcer, as somebody who's got to go out there and try to sell your class, you're not going to participate because you don't like the rule change. All right. Okay. There, I get it. But what are you fucking afraid of? Because the guys that you're afraid of aren't there with the shit that you're afraid of at all. They're coming out with the parts that you were adamant that you didn't want, that you voted against, that the board said you could have and you didn't like it. They're out there. The class is out there. It's sold to promoters. You, you can show up. You can get your money. And the limits that you thought were too far, nobody's coming out there with those parts. And if they are, they haven't figured out how to fucking run them. In the meantime, you're in the shed with your investment, sitting there in a lawn chair, staring at it. What principled stand are you making? Once upon a time, I used to come at it with, from the competitor's perspective where I would have understood the idea where I would have said, look, this is a principled stand. We're going to, we're going to say, no, this is, this is a bridge too far. I'm going to park my shit. I used to understand that, but as a promoter now, and as an announcer now, 
you make my job so fucking hard because I got to sell to the same goddamn crowd who paid their money to come sit in the stands to not watch you because you're having a fucking hissy fit and try to talk up everything that's going on there on the track and, and, and make it sound fantastic when in the back of my head I know it's bullshit, that it's fucking stupid, that it's a fraud. That money's still on the table, boys. You can still come out. You can still take that sanctioning body's money. But you won't. Because you're a little fucking crybaby. Because you're afraid of something that doesn't even exist, even though the rule now says it can be. You want to grow pulling? Fucking grow a pair first. Get out there and run your shit instead of running your fucking mouth. It kills me to have to show up at an event and try to talk up to a crowd who's expecting you and give them a fucking bullshit story about how Oh, man, breakage this year, blah, blah, blah. This guy's down, that guy's down. Horse shit. Horse shit. The real fans know. And I'm tired of bullshitting them. And I'm not going to do it for you. And if this is, this piece of this, this, what's happening right now, what I'm talking about, I mentioned how I felt like an outsider to to the NTPA crowd, to some of the bigger bigger shows. It might be because of a program like this. But if you don't fuck up, then you're not in my crosshairs, and you don't have anything to fear from me. If I show up, if I'm hired to do your program, if I'm hired to be the announcer at your show, I'm going to give it 1000%. I'm going to study, I'm going to do what I can to make it excuse me, to make it sound good. I'm going to do my level best in that moment to make a program for you. But if you fuck up, if you do something stupid, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm comfortable with that. I will come on this program, and I will call you out, and I'll say you've got your head way up your ass sideways. It's simple. Don't fuck up. Okay, rant aside, next thing. Something else I want to talk about. What an unbelievable difference that track prep makes. Oh, my goodness. I saw the very best in it at Adrian with uh, Jared Badoon and Todd Whipple. Those guys are aces, absolute aces. Uh, they've got that belly-mounted diamond scraper underneath the tractor, and they tow the packer, and one guy can do one guy 
can do everything that some other places I go to that four, five, six guys cannot do. Oh, man. You Another piece that we talk about with growing pulling is uh, it has to do with turnaround speed and making stuff happen. Today, there's so much competition for the entertainment dollar that a a slow, sluggish event doesn't pass muster anymore. And I see too many events where the track prep crew is ill-prepared. If, if we're going to do classes in, in wintertime classes for uh, tech officials, what have you, there, there needs to be one for a track prep crew because that's the st- that's the biggest thing. Beyond that, what is this with competitors not moving a muscle until an official tells them to come out on the track? This is new. This is well, it's not new. This is something that's probably ten years old, but it's annoying as shit. What happened to the idea that sleds back, steers are up, sleds ready to go, next competitors out there, pushing out on the track? There are organizations where this happens still, and and it's an efficient show. It's a it's it's fantastic to work as an announcer, and as a fan, people are receptive to it. At the highest levels, though, PPL and NTPA, there seems to be this thing now where nobody in the staging lanes makes moves a muscle until an official tells them to. Why? Why? Why does it take so long? Is it, if it's track prep, I'm sorry, not acceptable. That needs to be addressed with the promoter and with the venue and sped up coaching whatever it takes to make that happen. As a competitor, you should not be waiting for the the, the officials to, to tell you to come out on track. You should be sleds back, wheels down, we're ready to go. Get get the get the fuck out there honestly get the fuck out there as a fan as an announcer what the hell are you waiting for why are you waiting for them to tell you 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 know what you got to do you know where you got to be have the the sanctioning bodies been so beat up have they been so chastised for shitty track prep have they been so yell that that they're terrified to allow you to be on the track without having everything mint I don't think I don't think so but the behavior seems to materialize in that way what is it what the hell are you waiting for Get the fuck out there on the track. 
Get hooked up. If the track crew is worth anything, they've already been over the starting line, and the starting line in and of itself, yes, it's important with modern race sleds. I'm not taking anything away from you guys. I, I get it. That piece is the first thing to get worked because what goes down the track? The sled. What's behind it? Open track to be worked. Fucking grade the shit out of that. Get back around in front of it. I, I, I don't, I just, I just don't know what, I don't know what we're waiting for. I don't. I don't. Because I see proper, I see it as a problem when you have inexperienced track prep people who don't know what the hell they're doing. But when they do, there's no fucking excuse. And it drives me up the wall. Both as a fan, a promoter who wants to expand the sport, and as an announcer because I got to fill that fucking time. How much bullshit you think I got? How much bullshit you think any of us got? We want to talk about what's happening, not just fill time. So, that's it for tonight. Thank you to Dirty Hooker Diesel, Prime Diesel and Automotive, Price Marketing Service, ProBell, Clutch Housings, uh, ENS Motorsports, Simpico for being behind this program, and Hook Magazine, Brian Lively. Thank you to all of our partners. We, we couldn't do this. I couldn't do this without their leniency, their support, and, and their backing. Thank you so much to you guys. I hope you enjoyed tonight's program. We're going to try and uh, do some more. I'm, I'm going to be tied up for the next couple of days. Here's, here's where we're going. As we said, we'll be at uh, Shelby County Fair uh, tomorrow night, Fort Recovery on Friday, Mount Pleasant on Saturday, uh, the boat races on Sunday, back with West Michigan at uh, St. John's on Monday, on um, Tuesday, uh, we'll try to get you a podcast. If not Wednesday, Thursday, next week, we're going to be with, um, we'll, Thursday, we're going to be at the NTPA Monroe, Michigan Grand National deal. Friday, I'll be taking the night off. And then Saturday and Sunday, everything to do with Langford, New York, NTPA, ESP, West New York. Pro Farm Pullers, Light Limited Super Stock, you name it. We're gonna uh, we're gonna be there, and and God, I love Langford. If you've never been, <laughs> beer. If you've never been at Langford, go. More to come from sidetracked as a property. We've got some things that um, I'm working on. I don't want to say what they are yet because I don't want to jinx it, but it's coming soon. Uh, some stuff that uh, we've been asked about, we've been asked for. We're going to make it happen. And just be patient. Look for that and, and more updates on the website. As always, www.sidetrackproductionsinc.com. Thank you for spending your evening with me. Good night. 
time I finish this fucking thing, I'll be out of a job. What the fuck is wrong with a short declarative sentence? Like, good evening, I'm Bill Bonds. Nothing is new. Good night.